Welcome to Leap Into Your Story podcast, where you discover your inner story, break down the process, and meet others who've done it so you can leap into your own story. We interview amazing guests who provide powerful insights that inspire you to get your story told. Be sure to visit our website at leapintoyourstory.com, and while you're there, subscribe and like us via your favorite social media network. Now sit back, get ready to take some notes, and let's get started. This episode of Leap Into Your Story podcast is brought to you by Leap Into Your Story course. Visit leapintoyourstory.com where you have a guide to get your story told. I'm Victoria Anderson, and welcome to the Leap Into Your Story podcast, where you discover your inner story, work through the process, and meet others who've done it. We interview amazing guests who provide powerful insights that inspire you to leap into your own story. So be sure to visit our website at leapintoyourstory.com, and while you're there, subscribe and like us via your favorite social media network. In this episode, we will be dissecting discussing ghost encounters on a medium's vacation. My guest today is Rob Gutro. He's an author, paranormal investigator, and medium with Inspired Ghost Tracking of Maryland. He has had a lifelong experience with the paranormal, and Rob participates in private paranormal investigations helps ghosts cross over, and has provided countless messages from people or pets as ghosts or spirits, and he uh, lived even in a haunted house. So welcome, Rob. This is a great pleasure. This is your second round. We've uh, our second interview together, and I'm so delighted to have you back talking on a similar but different subject. So yeah, thank you for having me back, Victoria. It's, it's good to be back. And, yes, um, definitely. For anybody who's doing any vacation planning and has some interest in the paranormal, they may enjoy this. <laughs> definitely. Well, I know on our last episode, we, we got more into about the pets and the pet medium. But mm -hmm. why don't we, before we go dive into some questions, let's... Um, talk a little bit more about maybe your paranormal investigations. You know, was it prompted from the the pet mediumship, or is, was this something separate from that? And take us on that journey, and we're going to dive into those questions after that. Sure. For the for the folks that, that don't know me, um, I I developed an ability when I was a teenager to communicate with people who passed. My grandfather appeared to me first. Um, scared me. Um, in 2005, a puppy of mine passed away. His name is Buzz. He was killed by a car and he reawakened my abilities that lay dormant from when I was a teenager. Um, that said, I, I always recorded in a journal what happened to me every day. And then that became the basis of my first book, which was ghosts and spirits uh, explained. Um, and I would also go on to historic places and try and test myself to figure out who was there and then confirm it with house historians. I joined Inspired Ghost Tracking in 2010. Um, and I, when I went and did a presentation about my first book, 
they asked me to, to stay and I've never left. <laughs> so um, since then, I've been doing paranormal investigations with the team, helping ghosts cross over, earthbound ghosts cross over and become a spirit, which is what is on the other side. So the difference is ghosts are earthbound and spirits are on the other side. Um, and ghosts choose to stay here in a fixed location of where they're familiar with. So while I was on vacation, I encountered a lot of ghosts in a lot of different places in which they lived or died or visited. Interesting. So is now do you sounds like you kind of just went into some of my questions, which are great, which is the difference between ghosts and spirits. Mm -hmm. um, but tell me, do you now book vacations because you're looking for a, a good haunt? I mean, is that, is that how you determine your, your vacation spots? <laughs> Yeah, good question. And the, and the, well, the answer is no. Um, I, I, I actually went, uh, my first vacation overseas was to England, and that was in 2012. And I went back in 2013. And when I went in 2012, I had absolutely no idea that I would be encountering ghosts there. I wasn't even thinking about it. I was on vacation. Um, so the, uh, that particular vacation was planned by my partner because of his fixation with the Tudor period and Henry VIII and all that. So I had nothing to do with planning it. I didn't even know where we were going. I was just one of those people who just said, okay, you plan it, you figure out where you want to go and I'll just go. <laughs> and that's what happened. Um, and I ran into all kinds of people, dead people with stories. Uh, so I don't plan vacations around ghosts. They just talk to me if they, if I'm in the presence of them. Hmm. You know, I'm just curious about mentioning, I know you said your partner picked England, but is there something specific about England? Because one of my early mentors in the paranormal who had a very big fascination with like Stonehenge and Glastonbury. He was a writer. He was one of my teachers in high school, Mr. O. Mm -hmm. But he said specifically he was very, very drawn there. And considering how many, I don't know, the foundation or um, occult and paranormal societies seem to have kind of started there. Do you think there's something about England in particular that, you know, maybe it's the moisture? I mean, no, because I know in our last discussion, we, we talked about certain factors like, you know, uh, electricity and elements like water, but England is a very damp kind of country. And he had a theory about, you know, being that the the moisture was some sort of conduit well certainly um moisture uh, water is uh, is an energy source for the paranormal because if you think about it many of the towns that are haunted are located by a river or an ocean or a, a sea so there is something to that but i think that the it, it's really because of the the history um are it's between between 
uh, old England between uh, in 1066, especially when the um, uh, the Normans were there, and 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 ancient Rome, anywhere between there, there's going to be a lot of a lot of dead people because there's been a lot of wars um, that go you know a thousand plus years back. So yeah, I think that's that accounts for a lot of the uh, the deaths and the and the ghosts. Okay, well, that makes sense. Um, especially, I would think, too, that, you know, in war, there there's just a lot of high emotion, too. So mm. I'm sure that that emotional imprint really leaves, uh, you know, some sort of mark on the land, too. Yeah, and, and I, I can liken that to um, nearby Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, for me, um, <clears throat> which was the site of the famous Civil War battle. Um, where there were thousands of deaths, and I can't even go there because the, the the number of men that reside there as earthbound ghosts uh, is overwhelming to me. Wow! You, and do you do you have any theories why that you think because they have such a duty, being that they're soldiers, or maybe they weren't soldiers and just kind of thrown into the war, so they're still kind of confused. Yeah, I think it's a little bit of everything, really. And uh, and often when people die in battle and they're they're they die suddenly, they're murdered suddenly, they awaken as energy with a consciousness mm. on the other side. Well, not on the other side, but right there where they died, and they're confused. And what I've found is that after a while, and I don't know how long it is, after a while, that energy, that that entity gets stuck on Earth. And that's what I call a ghost. And if the person dies in a battlefield, they all they all see the light. But if they're confused, they may not may not pay attention to it. If they do cross over, if they do see the light and cross into the light, um, then they become a spirit. So that's an interesting question is like, if everybody sees the light, I mean, is it a conscious decision or like you had kind of mentioned, they get confused. Mm -hmm. um, you know, what happens? I mean, do they not have another opportunity to, to see the light again? Do you have any, I don't know, research or theories on that? I do have some theories on it um, and, and some experience with dealing with ghosts. Um, one thing is, is that um, one, they choose to stay earthbound for a reason. Um, some, some ghosts think that they can help their loved ones get through the grieving process. Others think that they can finish doing some earthly business that they really can't do. Um, um, yet others fear the other side because they have this fear that it may be hell, but Truthfully, every spirit I've talked to on the other side and said, there is no hell. <clears throat> Everything is love and acceptance and peace on the other side. Hell is really being trapped earthbound as a ghost in a place of your choosing, but you can't speak to anybody else unless you're lucky enough that the medium happens to walk in where you are. So that's hell to me. Yeah. That that that's a good I, I'll uh, which that's a whole different I, I don't want to spin this into another uh, area but I know 
I deal with a lot of time portals and mm. going into mm -hmm. other dimensions. And my biggest fear and people who've experienced that is you're trapped there. <laughs> yes. You know, you're not, even if it is, and I guess that's almost, I guess, akin to being a ghost. It's like you recognize things, but nothing's familiar and you can't interact properly with it. So uh, yeah, but if you talk to people who've experienced going into these time warps or different portals and they realize they're in some sort of parallel dimension, they're 100% you ask them all, it's, I'm going to be stuck here. That's my biggest fear. <laughs> yeah. So yes, back to your point of a version of hell, most definitely. <laughs> Yeah, so as a paranormal investigator, one of our our main uh, missions is to help these ghosts cross over into the light. Um, we don't understand why, you know, they can't cross over on their own at any time, but um, but they they can't. So we we they need help, and that's what we do. We open a portal to the other side. We use a, a lot of emotional living energy to do that, and then we call upon people on the other side to encourage them. To cross over. So now with the buzz, and I know he was kind of the ignition point for you to really mm -hmm. dive into it. Now, if I recall, he didn't, he wasn't earthbound, but he came uh -huh. to give you a, a message. So you didn't have to do any crossing over for buzz, right? No, <clears throat> he pretty much crossed over immediately. And, and, um, I, I'm I'm sure that uh, it was our uh, my childhood dog actually that was waiting for him that actually led him across and that's what happens to loved ones from loved ones from the other side will will meet us and then help us cross over. And with your experience of crossing people over, is it, it how does that you know what maybe we'll just take a moment and go through that process because. I know when my dad died that morning, I sensed a presence, but it was two people. And what's interesting is my brother had that exact same. He says he felt somebody looking over his shoulder that morning and he mm -hmm. felt two people. Mm -hmm. So you're thinking that was probably my dad just making his rounds with a guide. So when people cross over, are they you know, it's one of the, in addition to reopening the portal for the light, is there people drawing them through at the other end? Is that what helps them guide, you know, get them over this time? Yeah, it's like uh, encouraging them and letting okay. them know that everything's going to be okay. And that, you know, whatever indiscrepancies you did in your life really don't matter yeah. because it's all about love and forgiveness and peace on the other side. So, yeah. Okay. I was curious if any of them ever spoke to you saying like, Hey, I see uncle so-and-so I'm good. You know, <laughs> I didn't know if you got any type of confirmation from them. Like they are like, Hey, I I'm good. I see my mother, my father, I'm moving. If they actually have that kind of communication um, to you. Um, well, sometimes if there's found ghosts, we, we get it, but it's really all telepathic. Right. Um, mm -hmm. With living people who are passing, they will say it. Like my I, my father-in-law just passed away uh, last week, and 
he said that he had seen his mother and his sister waiting for him. Mm. And then he passed days later. So, yeah, so that was, that was evidence right there that, you know, they're, they're, they're waiting for you, but, but the ghosts I met on vacation, they stayed where they were. (laughs) So, yeah, let's, let's get back on that topic. So, so what are some of the most haunted places you have visited and where did you know they were haunted or you just showed up and you're like, wow, I thought I was going to get some rest, but apparently not. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, um, one of the most haunted places, well, there are many haunted places in England that have a lot of ghosts. Mm. Um, the And so my, my first book in the series is Ghosts of England on a Medium's Vacation. My second book that just came out a year ago was Ghosts of the Birdcage Theater on a Medium's Vacation in from the Birdcage Theater in Tombstone, Arizona, which was an 1881 uh, theater with a number of facets to it. Um, but I would say between the Birdcage Theater and Hampton Court Palace in England, those are probably the two of the most haunted places I've ever been. Um, so. <clears throat> Uh, in I'm, I'm going to just jump over to England for just a minute. When I was in England, we toured London and Bath and York and um, a couple of other places. And so the ghosts, the types of ghosts that I encountered there were a huge range. I mean, they ranged from two queens to a nobleman, a palace construction worker, a gardener, monks, priests, a shop owner, pub ghosts soldiers and even a ghost dog <laughs> so the, there's a whole range of different ghosts that i encountered there wow yeah um in in tombstone in the the birdcage theater the people that i ran into were people that frequented that theater because it was a theater it was a saloon it was a gambling den and it was a house of prostitution so the people that they, what more can you ask for, right? <laughs> oh my gosh, it's an all-in-one. <laughs> so, so in that in that book, I ran into ghosts who were actors, drinkers, gamblers, prostitutes, miners, and cowboys. So my my book is filled with my books are filled with all of these characters and. Um, one thing I do in my books is I actually sketch them out because I can see them in my mind and then I sketch them out so that you'll find sketches of these ghosts in in my book so you know who I'm talking about. Um, And I always try try to prove who I'm communicating with. So there is proof of all of these people in these these books. Interesting. So let's talk about the the uh, birdcage theater because you know other i I could see maybe like a battlefield they're kind of hanging around because they're confused and and you know the impact so are these people hanging around because they had a really good time (laughs) is this the other spectrum (laughs) do you know (laughs) any insights on that well, there, some people do actually hang around because they love the place that they were. Um, but in the case of all of the ghosts that I met in in the Birdcage Theater, they were either murdered there or they worked there hmm. um, or they frequented there. Um, 
So for, for the folks who don't know what the Birdcage Theater is, I've already defined what the, what activities happen there, but um, Tombstone, Arizona is the, it, it used to be a almost a ghost town. In 1881, or in 1877, it was founded and it's located in Southwestern Arizona. And that's the site that people know best for the OK Corral shootout, which happened behind the OK Corral with Wyatt Earp and Doc Holliday. And, and the cow against the cowboy gang. Um, um, so that's where it came into history. And um, the Birdcage Theater, so a town built up around uh, these silver mines that were discovered in that area in 1877 by this, this gentleman named Ed Shefflin. He was a he was a miner. And, and when he made his first silver strike, he named it Tombstone because he came from the nearby fort. Um, and one of the soldiers told him that the only thing he'd find in the desert would be his tombstone. So ironically, <laughs> he decided to make his first silver mine named Tombstone. <laughs> um, so a little bit of history there. So you'll learn a lot of history in, in these books as well. So it makes it more interesting to go visit. Um, so the town built up around the silver mines and they named that town Tombstone because of that silver mine. Um, you know, not a very um, positive name for a town, <laughs> but it was fitting because the lawlessness in that town was outrageous in the 1880s. Um, there were a lot of murders. More, I, mean, I understand that there are more murders in Tombstone in a year than like in modern day Los Angeles. Wow. Yeah, crazy. Um, so the Birdcage Theater opened in 1881 on Christmas Eve and it closed in 1889 because the silver mines around Tombstone all flooded and they couldn't work anymore. So people abandoned the town in droves. It went from one of the biggest towns in Arizona to a ghost town. And about a, I think about 100 people lived there between 1889 and 1934. Wow. When somebody who was um, who was alive at the time of Wyatt wrote a book and he and about the, the OK Corral shootout and people came back into the town. So that's a brief historic synopsis of what it is. Um, wow. But yeah, that's, that's interesting. I know we we talked a little bit about Tombstone in the last um, interview, but, you know, I had was looking for uh, maybe some property out there because they, they have like this new paranormal mini convention right there in Tombstone. But the energy just from the properties was like, uh, I can't do it. So I'm wondering if I can even, you know, visit there with that type of energy. It's intense, um, yeah. especially especially in the Birdcage Theater. Mm. Um, outside in the street, not so much. Um, although I will tell you that I, did, <laughs> I was walking down the street and a, a ghost walked for, right through me because suddenly in, um, I think it was August. It was, yeah, it was August. So it was, so it was like 100 degrees during the day. A ghost walked right through me, took all my heat, my body heat, and made me, it showed me, yeah, it gave me chills. 
And, and I showed my friend that was with me, he, I showed him the chills up and down my arms. And he said, what in the world is going on with you? And I told him the ghost walked right through me. <laughs> now, do they do that to recharge themselves? Do they, they know can. on some level that yeah, if they, they go can. through a person, um, that'll, that'll work for them? It, it does give them a little bit of energy. It's, that's it. You're the second person that told me about that because my sister Liz in her condo, she'd always thought that the condo was kind of haunted, mm-hmm. but there was a, I guess there was a willow tree in her, she had a very tiny, you know, condo or it was actually a townhouse, a little backyard. And she always felt that something was watching her that was in that tree. And she heard it wrestling one day and she was watering and she decided to squirt it with the hose and she saw something come at her and go right through her and had that same cold experience because it was oh like my water was coming back at me. Wow. I felt that, you know, that, that icy coldness. So you're the second person that I, you know, had had that experience. Yeah. <laughs> and I actually had that experience also in England as well. Oh, wow. When it goes walk through me. Um, but uh, so the, the bird cage, for those who want to visit, they have they have a daytime tour where you, it's like self-guided and you can go in there. You can, you know, you pay a little fee and you go in. And when the bird cage here were closed in 1889 from the flooding, they left everything the way it was and just boarded it up and walked out. Um, which is crazy, but um, in the basement, there's all kinds of card tables. So that was that was the gambling den in the basement. And they left the poker chips and the playing cards and everything else on wow. the tables. And they're there the way that they were left in 1880. That is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the, and the reason I found out that it's so haunted is that it, that 26 people were murdered there mm. in one place over over the course of eight years. And Victoria, if you ever go visit there, you, there are 140 bullet holes throughout the birdcage oh in the ceiling, in the floor, on the bar, in the paintings. Uh, you can see them. It, oh, my uh, gosh. Yeah. That that would sound like some sort of shootout went on in there. <laughs> yeah, that, apparently there were a lot of shootouts. Um, it's my understanding that these uh, these cowboys, these these villains, uh, the cowboy gang, would go in there and watch shows, and then they would shoot into the ceiling if they liked or didn't like somebody that was on the stage. Wow. So, yeah. But that is why, well, they call it the wild, wild west for nothing. I right? <laughs> don't call it that for nothing. So, well, you know what? Um, for those who are interested in maybe visiting notoriously haunted places, what can you recommend? I mean, you, you said you sketch them. So maybe you should bring a sketchbook or a notebook. Do you take any? Have you caught any in camera? Do you take any special equipment to, you know, register things like temperature or, 
any type of um, recorders when you're going as well? So no, I don't use any uh, any equipment. I use a, I do keep a camera because uh, I like taking pictures of all these historic places. Um, and um, for the most part, I use my, my head because <laughs> okay. I hear them. But in the book, um, you will see two uh, pictures of two ghosts caught on camera. And they're both faces that appear in different things. One is a face that appeared in the painting. And the other one is a face that appeared in a mirror. Um, and when I went in 2019, I've been there a couple of times. So I went in 1994 when my abilities were dormant and I didn't feel anything. But then again, I, then I went back um, later in 97, didn't feel anything. In 2019, I went back another, another time with a friend of mine who never had a paranormal experience. And I said to him, look, they're having ghost tours now. That would be cool now that my abilities have come out and I've been using them for a, a decade. Why don't we go? And he, so he said, okay. So I flew out, met him, and he went on the, he went on the trip with me. Um, and he, he actually saw two ghosts and he took a picture of one of them. And that's in the book. Has, have you gotten any feedback from anybody who's familiar with Tombstone and some of the ghosts that they looked at your drawings and they said, yeah, that was, you know, Mabel, one of the showgirls or something, you know, have you yeah, gotten back to you on that? <laughs> yeah. So I had befriended the, uh, I had befriended the manager and owner back in 1994 when I first visited. And I stayed in touch with him. And so I asked him after I came out in 2019, if I could write a book about the ghosts I encountered. And he said, sure, that would be fun. So I did. So I, I what I did is I, when I wrote a chapter and I sketched, I, I had sketched a, a ghost out when I was there. Um, I let him proof every chapter and he, he and people that worked with him said, yes, that, that's, that's the ghost that we've seen. That's the ghost that we've seen. So I've got confirmation from all the people that work there. It was pretty cool. That is cool. Well, well, I think we've gone through all of our questions. So any final thoughts, recommendation for the budding mediums or you know, people who are interested in haunted places? <laughs> So um, if you're sensitive, just be aware that there, you may go to places where people died violent deaths. Um, you may feel that. Um, so I'll address the birdcage first and then I'll just jump over to England if that's okay. Sure. So in the birdcage theater, um, because I'm a medium, they will share sometimes their pain of death. So one gentleman was shot in the chest. And I, I was, I felt a shot in my chest, and I was thrust against the wall, um, and that was confirmed by the tour guide. Another one was shot in the back. Another one was shot in the throat. And when I walked in the Birdcage Theater, one of the chapters in my book, by the way, is shot in the throat. <laughs> the the man identified himself. Um, I heard him telling me his name in my head, and I felt. I felt the bullet go through my neck and then I tasted the copper taste of blood in my mouth. And he told me that he was, you know, why he was shot in the throat. And um, 
when I went back in there the next day after the ghost tour, he did it again. And I also went back in to film different areas within the birdcage. And Victoria, I, I knew he was there because he made me feel it again. And I, I said to him, listen, I am not going to bother you, but I'm just going to walk around filming areas where I had encounters with the 11 ghosts. Well, I will tell you that before I went in the birdcage, the audio worked fine. When I left the birdcage, I did a video and the audio was fine. When I was in the birdcage, he made the audio sound like static the entire time. Oh, no. <laughs> he, because he, he was like, you're not telling me what to do. <gasps> so he ruined every single video that I shot within the birdcage. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Yeah, I posted a couple of them so people can see them online and hear the the humming. Um, but uh, so that was a birdcage. But the ghosts of uh, the ghosts of, uh, of England, gosh, um, I could spend a long time on that. But um, Hampton Court Palace is probably the most haunted. There's a lot of ghosts there. Um, and if you Google Hampton Court Palace uh, ghost uh, and door. Um, you'll see a ghost, uh, a picture caught on camera from the palace, security camera, of a skeletal-like ghost in a robe throwing a door open. Oh, my God. And it, Yeah, and it's not doctored. Um, I ran into a lot of ghosts there. Uh, Westminster Abbey. Um, have you been to England? I haven't. I've, I've been to Italy and Switzerland. I didn't get a chance to get back to England, but yes. It's definitely been on my radar to do so. <laughs> so here's a crazy story for you out, out of the book. Um, Westminster Abbey. Uh, when when West, Westminster Abbey was our first stop. And before I even got to Westminster Abbey, I, I saw a ghost wandering in a an area that um, was outside of the now destroyed Whitehall Palace. And I sketched her in the book. And then I looked up the dress and it's a 16th, uh, uh, 17th century dress that actually exists, which was crazy. Um, but in Westminster Abbey, that's when my partner started to develop sense, a sense of people who died. And he started smelling the smell of a, a rotted corpse. Oh, wow. Just awful. And, I, I don't want that. <laughs> no. So we were confirming different ghosts from a monk to a king um, in Westminster Abbey. But one of the most startling events was when we were standing in front of the tomb of Anne of Cleves. Now, Anne of Cleves was one of Henry VIII's wives. She died in 1557. And she's she's buried like other royalty in Westminster Abbey. So we were standing about... 20 feet apart, both looking in the same direction at her tomb, which was above ground. And we suddenly felt our hair pulled on opposite sides, like somebody had stood between us, even though it was 20 feet apart, and pulled our hair on opposite sides. Whoa. And there was nobody there, of course. So we, we knew it had to be a ghost or, or two. Because we turned to each other and I said, somebody just pulled my hair. And he said, somebody just pulled my hair. 
<laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Pretty sorry. Um, but um, so that's just one one example of many things. Um, there were sickly ghosts in the, the banqueting house where a king thought he could cure people of, of a disease, which they ghosts shared with me as soon as I walked in. And then I figured it out later what was going on. It was a disease, disease called scapula of the throat. Hmm. Um, uh, there were ghosts in Guildhall. Um, I, I sketched them out. Um, I, also in the book, I have uh, a gentleman that worked at Hampton Court Palace, and he shared his ghost story because a ghost ran by him when he was giving a tour. <laughs> so, oh, wow. Yeah. So the Tower of London, I ran into a portal. I stayed in a castle that uh, was turned into a bed and breakfast called Thornbury Castle. It was owned by the Plantagenet family, who was a rival to Henry VIII for the, the throne. And Henry didn't like that, so he cut the guy's head off. Oh. Um, and then he took his castle, what, what was constructed of it. Uh, anyway, there was a ghost in my room, and I had to figure out who he was. Um, <laughs> and it, it turned out his uh, he was connected to a war that was close that happened close to the castle and the war was the site of his greatest defeat so that led me to an important point about the paranormal is that if there's a ghost that lingers in a structure and the structure is destroyed the ghost will go to the nearest structure and that's what happened with this guy hmm, that's interesting yeah now um, we talked a little bit about what they look like did how do they know that you're a medium do you is your do you have a light i mean it, do you have any insights that, that they know that you're you know have that ability i'm i was just curious because you know i didn't just you talking about it, we we know what their their story is and what what goes on but what level are they able to pinpoint or what is it a frequency is a light you know do we have any idea what they're able to see with us i think it's that they can they can sense our abilities to read to read them i think it's really about energy i mean all of my books are based on energy because that's what what we are as ghosts or or spirits are crossover and, and we have, we individually have different energies. It's just like reading auras, I think. You okay. know, I don't read auras, but do you read auras? You know, I've, I've, you know, it's like my assortment of paranormal experience. It's not something I read, but I have seen. Okay. Um, and I've even experienced, you know, I don't really consider myself a medium. However, I did have a very strange medium like incident talking about you know showing what happened to them i was on a road trip with my one of my friends to go see a famous medium okay and on the road trip there i felt like somebody was like hanging over the seats between her and me kind of hanging hmm. and she started talking about her uh husband who had passed away some 20 some years 
And all of a sudden, <laughs> I had this weird headache sensation, but I knew it wasn't coming from me. I knew it was inflicted. And I asked her, and I write about this in my second book, The Trial by Fire. I says, hey, Patty, I says, uh, I know your husband passed away, but I don't think you ever shared <laughs> what, how he did, you know, what happened. I says, I, I remember you telling me that, you know, he had some sort of tumor. By any chance that he had a headache on this side of the head, complain about that. And she's like, yeah, <laughs> he always oh, wow. complained about that on that because I says I have this weird headache and I think he's trying to get you know your attention and so then little pieces of information and would come through and I said what well, did he complain about this and she goes yes well he's telling me that um so we actually had a a medium experience on the ride to go see a medium hoping to get a reading and we got one on the way there with through me so wow that's incredible yeah. wow but, mm -hmm. so so yeah back to your point i i have little bits and pieces but it's it's kind of random and they just sort of show up but i understand what's going on so that might be the difference there might be a lot of the population that's tapped into it and just don't know how to read the signs that's true yeah it really is a puzzle that we have to put together to figure out what's going on and what they're trying to tell us but yeah that was nice that he joined you though on your road trip he did i mean i was like uh and i didn't want to say anything and i just turned to her and i'm like do you feel somebody's hanging out between the seats and she goes oh my god you're feeling it too <laughs> <laughs> that's, pretty, that's pretty awesome yeah so occasionally stuff like that just kind of passes through but or but i don't really see spirits sometimes i just the biggest thing that i can say where i connected the dots and i didn't know what was going on if say if i'm, I'm talking to you and, and all of a sudden rob turns into say um you know scott all of a sudden, I'm trying to talk to you, and all of a sudden, I'd be like, Scott's coming out of my mouth, all of a sudden. Well, on a couple of times, that slipped out just like that, and the person's like, why do you keep calling me that? And oh. I'm like, I don't know. You tell me. Do you know somebody? that They're like, yeah, it's the name of my grandmother. Wow. You know, passed like 10 years ago. I'm like, well, hello. She just interrupted my mouth with her name <laughs> to get your stinking attention. So <laughs> that's really awesome. Yeah. So wow. stuff does happen, but most of the population wouldn't understand that. And I yeah. think yeah. so. I, I mean, if there's anything that, I mean, besides all the vast, fantastic information you provided but to pay attention you know there there's something going on that you may not be aware of that somebody's trying to get your attention yeah absolutely and and that's actually what i write in uh, a number of my books is that uh, i teach people how to pay attention to the signs and that acknowledge uh spirits with us so interesting yeah. Cool. Very cool. Well, I think that just about wraps us, us us up. And speaking of books, 
where can everybody get all your assortment of books? So they're all on amazon.com. Um, just type in G-U-T-R-O. Um, my the, the Ghost on a Medium's Vacation uh, includes the Birdcage Theater in England. And right now I'm actually writing the third in the series about ghosts I met in Ireland and Scotland. So, so it's a, and honestly, the, the Ghost of England book came out a couple of years ago and it continues to be like in the top 100 and 200 for England travel, which just astounds me. But so many people have interest in the paranormal over in England when they visit, as they should. There's a lot of dead people that want to say hello. Well, is there more information on your website? You want to share your website as well? Um, sure, it's, it's robgutrow.com. Or if you can't spell my last name, it's petspirits.com. It makes it easier. And I'm also on social media too, Facebook and Instagram. All right. Well, that is fantastic. Grab yourself some of his books. And Rob, I want to thank you for sharing your fantastic insights again today. Um, the second interview, just as awesome as the first one. So lots of good stuff. And I want to thank uh, all of my listeners for tuning into the Leap Into Your Story podcast to discover your inner story, work through the process, and meet others who've done it so you can be guided into your journey to write your story. Remember to visit our website at leapintoyourstory.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. And again, while you're there, subscribe and like us via your favorite social media network. We are looking forward to seeing you here next time on the Leap Into Your Story podcast. Thank you for tuning into the Leap Into Your Story podcast, where you discover your inner story, break down the process, and meet others who've done it so you can leap into your own story. Remember to visit our website at leapintoyourstory.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're there, subscribe and like to us via your favorite social media network. We're looking forward to seeing you next time on the Leap Into Your Story podcast.